As of right now, there are two states on the verge of a constitutional crisis, Michigan and Pennsylvania. And these are key swing states that Donald Trump needs to win the Electoral College. Anybody telling you right now that Joe Biden has won is not being honest with you. He hasn't. Preliminary projections show that Joe Biden will win the Electoral College so long as everything just moves along without challenge. But Donald Trump is challenging this. Many Republicans are challenging this in many different states. And in Michigan, as of the recording of this video right now, there is a hearing from the Michigan State Canvas Board to determine whether or not they will certify this election. It sounds like they are going to. And then from there, it goes, I believe, to the governor, and we'll see how things play out. Maybe it's entirely possible that we see a two to two split again at this state canvas, at this canvassing level, just like we saw at the county level where two Republicans and two Democrats disagree. Although from sitting there listening to the hearing, it sounds like at least one Republican is going to side with the Democrats. But in Pennsylvania, there was a new lawsuit arguing that the act that Act 77, which created this expanded mail in voting system, is unconstitutional and may actually result in a constitutional crisis with no legitimate remedy other than to say this election was unconstitutional. So what do they do then? Honestly, I don't know. I would be surprised if a, if, if the courts and PA said, you know what, we're going to throw out every vote. This this vote is done. But we're heading in that direction. It's entirely possible. Based on the lawsuit the Trump campaign brought and lost, it sounds like the courts aren't going to agree to throw out or essentially block this vote or have a revote because of this unconstitutional provision. But then constitutional crisis. What do we do? It's a serious challenge. The left and the media are saying Joe Biden won. They're acting as though Trump isn't happening. And in fact, Joe Biden says best just to ignore this man. Yeah, that's uh, uh, not a good idea, because let me show you the real stats and then we'll read about the pending constitutional crisis that may come out of Michigan. Which states have certified president vote totals? Yeah, here's the actual vote count as it stands so far. And this isn't even the end, because then we have the December 8th safe harbor provision where these states have to have this total in the certification totals by December 8th. So the Electoral College can meet and cast their votes. And then on January 6th, the two, a joint session of Congress will count those votes and determine who the next president will be. And they will then be inaugurated on the, on January 20th. But this battle is far from over. And I'm telling you, things are going to start getting spicy. I'm not entirely convinced that Trump will win this. I'm not saying his chances of winning it are strong, but this is the number you need to actually pay attention to from the New York Times, which states have certified presidential vote totals. And you'll see as of right now, Joe Biden has 35 certified votes to Trump's 74 projections based on certification deadlines show that Joe Biden will eventually hit 306 unless, of course, they're showing us this chart and then Joe Biden never gets it because Michigan and Pennsylvania and maybe Arizona never certify. Arizona's governor said that he will not Accept the results if there is pending litigation. And Trump said he will bring some. So we will see how this plays out. I was listening to a bit of the arguments in Michigan, and we'll talk about this, about why they should or shouldn't certify. By the time you're watching this video, those results may already be out. So I'll definitely have an update on this on my other channels. But 
I pushed it as hard as I could, waiting for them like, are you gonna certify? And then I had to record the segment. So let's talk about the pending constitutional crisis and the current arguments in Michigan. And then I'll show you what's going on in Pennsylvania that may result in there, there is a slim possibility here that Donald Trump pulls off this constitutional trick shot, as some have called it. Jonathan Turley has said this is the Death Star strategy, and it could work out in Trump's favor, but could is not will. It, it, it could doesn't mean it's probable. Let's read the story. Republicans are coming out saying we may have a crisis on our hands. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com slash donate. If you would like to support my work, there are many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box if you want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. Mainstream media is going to tell you outright Joe Biden won, even though this is funny. The New York Times is still showing us the certification totals because they haven't stopped tracking what's really going on with this election. It's entirely possible that Joe Biden does not get certified, does not get inaugurated. None of that happens. So I'm going to do my best to actually tell you what's going on. If you think I'm doing a good job and people need to hear this stuff, because maybe you got a friend who's like, nope, Joe Biden won. I don't want to hear it. Okay, well, I just showed the New York Times. We're not there yet. It's very likely, nay, extremely probable Joe Biden will win, but Trump is not giving up. So if you think I'm doing a good job, please share this video. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Here's the story from Click on Detroit. Michigan Republican warns of constitutional crisis ahead of meeting to certify election results. Michigan Board of State Canvassers asked to delay certification of election results. They say in an interview with Fox News Sunday morning, Republican and Michigan House Speaker Lee Chatfield talked about the possibility of a constitutional crisis ahead of the Michigan Board of State Canvassers scheduled meeting to certify election results. Quote, if there were to be a two to two split on the state board of canvassers, it would then go to the Michigan Supreme Court to determine what their response would be, what their order would be, said Chatfield on Fox News. If they didn't have an order that it to be certified, well, now we have a constitutional crisis in the state of Michigan. It's never occurred before. And I'll tell you this. In the event we actually get a two to two, and like I said, they're doing the hearing right now. I don't know when they're going to end. It might not be till later. The Supreme Court of Michigan's probably just going to say we certify the results or order them to certify the results. The arguments right now, and it is mind numbing and annoying, it's that these canvassers who are in these positions are only in a ministerial position, effectively a living rubber stamp, not to question anything, but just to say, I've seen it. It's good. Not a tribunal, uh, you know, position where they can actually say, I call for an audit or, or something like that. One of the Republicans seems very adamant on, I don't have the power to delay. So therefore I must certify. And in one of the arguments, the lawyer for John James, the Republican running for uh, for the Senate, said, you do have the, the right to adjourn for necessary purposes, and you are obligated to ascertain the results of this, uh, uh, to certify this election, ascertain the results and certify. And he defined certify as determined to be true and correct. This Republican started arguing that, well, the law says I can only use the things available to me, so I don't have the power. Man, was this Republican trying really hard to say, I have no choice but to certify these results. And it's crazy. I tell you this, they're actually arguing, there's an article, that if they don't certify, they're saying it's a felony 
I kid you not. Let me see. I think I have it right here. Refusing to certify legitimate votes is a felony. Boy, are they trying to force these people to just rubber stamp this. About 70% of Wayne, uh, of Wayne County's um, vote books or, or whatever they're called are out of balance. So, so my understanding is that people go in to sign so that they're, you know, I, I'm here, I'm signing, I'm here. Then they go in and vote. And there's like uh, uh, in 70%, the numbers don't match up. Apparently, they all there was a bipartisan complaint about this in Michigan previously in August during the primary, and they wanted a full investigation. Apparently never happened. Just kicked the can down the road. And now we end up saying, what do we do now that we have the same problem? And it's way worse than it was in 2016. In 2016, apparently they had similar problems. Never fixed them. I'm impressed. So these are the two Republicans. We have Norman Schinkel and Aaron Van Langeveld. It's uh, Aaron, Lang- I'm pron- I believe his name is pronounced Langeveld, probably can't pronounce it properly, who was arguing he has no authority whatsoever to delay certification when he literally does. It was the weirdest mental gymnastics. The law literally states he can adjourn for necessary purposes. That's it. It doesn't say what those necessary purposes are. It's actually an extremely broad p- provision. He could literally just go, I got to go to the bathroom adjourned. He could he could absolutely say it is necessary in order for us to ascertain the, the you know, these uh, the certification of these uh, ballots that we have these unbalanced sheets be explained. How can you determine if something is true if you can't explain major discrepancies that the Democrats have said affected every single jurisdiction? I think they gave the Republicans an, oh, a blank check to just say, OK, well, you know, we can't certify then. Those are your words, not ours. It seems like this guy really, really wants to certify, you know, anyway. So, again, by the time you watch this, maybe they already did. And then we'll see, you know, what happens. I think after that, it'll go to Gretchen Whitmer. And of course, she's going to be like, you got it. So it doesn't look as of right now if things are going to be going well for Trump. But later tonight, depending on what the results all you know, we'll be talking about in the IRL podcast. But take a look at this from The New York Times. 35 electoral votes so far have been certified for Joe Biden, but not cast. Man, do do these people need to slow down. Okay, not only is Joe Biden not the president elect, not only is the election not over, he's not even had a single electoral vote cast in his name for him. The New York Times says these are the states so far that have certified for the Democrats. It's Vermont, Delaware, Virginia and Georgia. Many other states have not certified for Trump. We got a bunch. I'm not going to read all of them for you. But Trump currently has 74 certified electoral votes to Biden's 35. Doesn't mean anything. We're we are all expecting Joe Biden to get 306 electoral votes to Trump's 232. But if three states do not certify, Joe Biden will not cross 270. And if he doesn't, then no one wins. There's a lot of things that might happen, but a lot of people expect it to become a contingent election, which you've probably heard of by now, where the House delegations, where each state gets one delegate, will vote for the president. And this is, I believe, under the 12th Amendment. I believe it's the 12th. And there are more Republican states than Democrat. This would create a very serious constitutional crisis in this in this country, let alone Michigan and Pennsylvania. And I'll get to Pennsylvania next. You would have a president who lost the Electoral College in project, you know, in, in total tabulation and the popular vote in hard and in, in, you know, absolute tabulation, actual counted votes still winning because the Electoral College could not properly be certified. 
Now, I say it's a constitutional crisis. It would actually just be a constitutional process. But what you would hear from the left is that the president lost everything and still found a way to win through misinformation, through lying and deception or whatever. And that's what they're claiming now. They're claiming that it would be a felony to not certify Michigan just based on misinformation. They say Trump is just sowing misinformation in an effort to get them to say, oh, well, I can't certify. That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is that we have absolute, we absolutely have sworn affidavits, mathematical anomalies, and there's legit evidence from data analysis, from voter, uh, a voter integrity fund, for instance. We've got evidence. We've got witnesses. We got data. Okay. At what point do we actually investigate? And if you're not going to do it, then we got to delay. The Republicans right now are not asking Michigan to block certification. They're asking for a delay because under Michigan law, they have 40 days after the election to do it, which means I think they still have like almost three weeks, two and a half weeks to to undertake an audit of some sort. Why resist it? The Democrats are saying, no, 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 certify it first, then audit. Wait, what? Certify means to determine whether or not something is true and then you'll audit. That makes no sense. The fact that Democrats are trying really hard to block this to me. I find quite hilarious. But I'll also point out the, 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 the statement that it's a felony for these guys not to certify is ridiculous. That is not true. They're using an obscure interpretation of the law to make it seem like it's illegal. They say it's federal law. What is a Voting Rights Act of 1965, Section 11A, makes it illegal to willfully fail or refuse to tabulate, count, and report lawful votes. Well, these individuals are not tabulating, counting, or reporting votes, are they? They're part of the certification process. Nowhere in there does it say certify. If they willfully fail to determine if something is true, that's not listed in there. These guys could absolutely say no. And I think it's hilarious that this dude, Aaron Van Langeveld, has someone basically telling him, like, you can adjourn right now. The fact that you have to approve certification means you literally can say, I don't approve this. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just pointing out this guy's doing crazy mental gymnastics to be like, I don't have any authority. What a ridiculous position to hold. I'm on this board of canvassers for quite literally no reason. You're, you're clearly there for a reason. So that when there is major discrepancies blocking your ability to ascertain the legitimacy of these, uh, the, the, the veracity, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the merit of these ballots, you say, I can't because we know there's major discrepancies based upon that. Unless we get an audit or an explanation, I can't certify. I cannot determine if these are true and correct. Of course, I think this guy's going to certify. But like I said, you'll see, you'll see. But it's not just in Michigan. It's also in Pennsylvania. Check this out. Suit challenges expansion of mail voting in Pennsylvania from the Associated Press. They say Republican U.S. Rep. Mike Kelly is leading a suit filed in Pennsylvania, challenging the use of mail ballots predominantly cast by Democrats in lifting Joe Biden to victory. The lawsuit was filed in the, in the state Commonwealth Court just two days before the deadline for counties to certify the results of the presidential election in Pennsylvania and marks the latest attempt in court by Republicans, including Trump, to overturn Biden's victory in Pennsylvania. Perhaps that's a fair assessment, but it doesn't actually mean that's what's going to happen. My understanding is that with this lawsuit, they haven't called for any direct relief, meaning if a court rules that this 
mail-in voting law, it's called Act 77, was unconstitutional, then the courts will have to determine the, the relief for how we deal with this. And there's a lot of ways they could do it, potentially a revote, which I really don't think is possible. They could theoretically discount the mail-in ballots, but I really don't think that's likely. It, I, look, they might win on this, and it's going to create a serious constitutional crisis because it could result in Joe Biden not getting the required electoral votes he needs. But if he loses these 20, then he drops down to 286. He's still 17. He's still 16 over 270, and it's 270 to win. So he would have to then lose another 17 electoral votes, which would mean, I guess, Nevada and Arizona, maybe, maybe Michigan and some other state. That would be Trump's path to victory. But I believe it's important to point out that I looked into this. Uh, I read part of the suit. It sounds like they're correct. I don't understand how the Republicans in Pennsylvania thought this was going to be constitutional. There are specific limitations and definitions as to what absentee voting is, and there are restrictions for it on purpose. The suit basically says you would need a constitutional amendment if you wanted to pass this law and allow people to vote by mail in this way. And they didn't do that. Thus, that election was unconstitutional. So what do you do? I don't know. They say the plaintiffs contend the GOP controlled legislature never followed proper constitutional procedures to expand exceptions to in-person voting, to institute a system of universal mail voting, and are asking the court to throw out non-absentee mail ballots. My understanding after reaching out to some of these individuals involved, yes, I do frequently ask people for comment. And uh, some of the uh, one, of, one of the individuals involved says they are not asking for anything to be thrown out. And there's not necessarily specific relief. They just want it ruled unconstitutional. That would be the relief they are seeking. Perhaps that's not correct. I don't know. That's, that's what I was told by one of the people involved in the suit. They say Attorney General Josh Shapiro said in a Twitter posting that, that elected officials and candidates who joined the suit should be ashamed of themselves. They're asking a court to throw out the votes of 2.5 million Pennsylvanians, said Shapiro, a Democrat. It's another weak attempt to subvert the will of the people. Desperate, hypocritical, baseless. I could go on. In a comment by one of the individuals on the suit, they said that is not true. Courts have thus far rejected Republican demands in Pennsylvania and other battleground states to throw out ballots or stop vote counting. Republicans in the state legislature and Pennsylvania's congressional delegation have largely fallen in line with Trump, complaining about how the state managed the election, calling for the resignation of the governor's top election official and an audit of the election. More than 2.6 million mail-in ballots were reported received by counties, and there has been no report by state or county election officials of fraud or any other problem with the accuracy of the count. The AP, the Associated Press on November 7th, called the presidential race uh, contest for Biden and determining that the remaining ballots left to be counted in Pennsylvania would not allow Trump to catch up. Trump has refused to concede. The plaintiffs in the suit contend that exceptions to in-person voting have been established in the past to allow absentee voting by military personnel, disabled veterans, for religious observances and in other situations. Such exceptions were approved by two successive legislative sessions and one approval from the voters, they said. Neither the act authorizing a no excuses mail voting system nor a constitutional amendment proposed at the, at the same time went through that process as required by law, the suit contends. The legislature, the plaintiffs contend, first recognized their constitutional restraints and the need to amend the Constitution in order to enact mail-in voting, sought to amend the Constitution to lawfully allow for the legislation they intended to pass, and subsequently abandoned their efforts to comply with the Constitution. The mail-in ballot scheme is therefore unconstitutional on its face and must be struck down as void, the suit says. Also asking the court declare invalid 
any certification of results that include the tabulation of unauthorized votes, including mail-in ballots, which did not meet the constitutional requirements. If I was going to be conspiratorial, the Republicans passed a law that was unconstitutional. They then were moving towards some kind of constitutional amendment requirement, but then abandoned it, letting all of these people vote by mail, which was predominantly Democrat. And now at the last minute are suing saying, nope, turns out they couldn't do that. I'm not a fan, but I don't know what the solution is, because if it's unconstitutional, it is unconstitutional. This may be an exploit. I have no evidence that it was on purpose. And it seems like the people who passed the law are not the same people who are challenging it. Maybe it just means the party doesn't mean anything. Maybe it means that there are establishment Republicans who like the Democratic Party and the political elites more than the people and the people, the insurgents who are coming in and trying to take over the Republican Party and bring it back to to populist roots. Those are the actual people challenging the system. Maybe the rhinos wanted Donald Trump to lose. I'm not going to pretend to know what people were thinking. I'm just going to tell you that Pennsylvania and Michigan are facing a constitutional crisis, more than one. I fully expect um, if I was to make a prediction based on what we're seeing, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it that way. If Arizona or Georgia fall into a similar position, while Georgia has certified the results of the election, there have been calls by the governor for a signature audit. And now there are there's going to be another recount. We need hand recounts with three people the vote counter, a Democrat and a Republican. And that's it. And then each time they, they go through it, they can they can check. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you why something fishy is going on. Have you seen the photos of the recount watchers? I think it's in Wisconsin. I'm not entirely sure when they say you can't be within six feet of us while we count the votes. There are two people sitting shoulder to shoulder, looking, sitting six feet from the vote counters who are also sitting shoulder to shoulder. The restrictions make no sense. None whatsoever. They're playing dirty games. I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's some grand conspiracy or some centralized effort like Rudy Giuliani would, because I operate on evidence. I can tell you that there are a lot of desperate attempts to backpedal, to cover up things like Dominion voting systems. And I don't know what it means, because all I know is something weird happened. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Does it mean there was a grand conspiracy? I can't confirm that because we don't know who's involved, why it is or what's happening. But there are strange things that have been happening. And thus, maybe we need a delay to just go through the process to figure out if these claims are true or not. Now, the left, many of these leftists say, if I accuse you of being, you know, a murderer, do we have to investigate that? We are not talking about something as easy as just saying, "Okay, we're going to look at these ballots. Okay." investigating someone under false accusations happens anyway, whether we like it or not. A lot of innocent people go to prison, which is one of the reasons why I'm for prison reform and oppose the death penalty, because sometimes someone will make an accusation and they investigate it and it might be false and they still might get convicted. Thus, if we have sworn statements under penalty of perjury, if we have statistical anomalies, mathematical anomalies and experts saying we believe something is wrong here, Well, then shouldn't we look into it? Shouldn't we raise questions about the fact that two people are sitting right next to each other, but then six feet in front of them is a table they can't get close, close to because of COVID. But then everyone else on the other side, they're sitting next to each other. That makes no sense. So no, 
If you have a sworn statement under penalty of perjury that something happened, that actually is enough to get an investigation. So that argument from the left doesn't fly. But let's talk about what happens next. Because like I said, Biden has 35 certified votes and they haven't even been been cast for him yet. But here's the timeline. On on December 23rd, the president of the Senate will receive the electoral vote uh, certificates. This is uh, on the 14th. The electors will cast their ballots. Um, So December, uh, let me start over. December 8th is the last day for states to resolve disputes. If they don't, well, then too bad. No votes for you. Trump might be trying to wait out the clock. And if he does, he could win. Electors cast their ballots on the 14th. Let's say they do. And Biden does not get to 270. This is only possible in a close enough race. You see, three states failing to certify would be huge. If it was really close down to one state, Trump would probably easily take a victory. On December 23rd, the president of the Senate receives the electoral vote certificates. On January 6th, Congress counts the electoral votes. And on January 20th, the president-elect and vice president-elect are sworn into office and officially become the president and vice president. We're a long ways away from that day. And we're a long ways away from January 6th, even where Congress counts the electoral votes. Trump will fight and try to win by any means necessary, period. If you think he's just going to sit back, you're wrong. They think Trump's a moron. They insult him left and right. And you'd think they'd have learned their lesson by now that if even even if that's the case, y'all are more inept than he would be. Or Donald Trump is strategic and he's got smart people and he's working through legal plans. That's it. I'm not saying he's playing 4D chess. I'm I'm saying he's just planned out his moves. And now they got to buy some time. They got to draw this out and we're going to see what happens. If Trump wins and we don't see hard evidence of overt fraud, I'll be upset. But let me tell you, in Michigan, with 70 percent of these ballot books out of balance, I think we've already got a serious problem. And I am not comfortable certifying Joe Biden as the winner with that in our faces. We have to investigate. We have to certify, which means determine that they are true and correct. The argument from this guy over in Michigan is that the law only allows him to use the, 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 the results to determine if they're true and correct. I think that's a ridiculous position to be in, to claim that we created this position for you to sit on the board to certify results. Yet you think you have zero authority to do anything other than say, yep, then what's the point? Why not just send them straight for, to the governor? Why have anyone certify anything? Because you're supposed to be there as a safeguard. I'm going to we'll, we'll see how things play out. Uh, Michigan, prob- it seems like they're going to certify you probably maybe maybe you guys know already because you've you watched it happen. But we'll see what plays out. We'll see how it plays out in Pennsylvania. This fight is not over. I'm not saying Trump's going to win. I'm just saying he's fighting and the fight isn't over. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast News. It's a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. Last night, we saw a major development in Donald Trump's ongoing battle to win this election. Now, the media says that Trump is staging a coup. Well, Donald Trump, it seems in all likelihood, is trying to go for what's called a contingent election victory, where the House delegations would vote. Each each state gets one vote. There are more Republican states than Democrat. And then Donald Trump ends up winning the election. He's claiming that there's widespread fraud. And they are suing to stop the certification in many different states. It may work out. It might not. In court, however, they're not alleging overt fraud in many of their lawsuits, just impropriety and essentially what amounts to constitutional violations. 
It might work. It seems like a long shot. But last night, Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis, their two lawyers working with Donald Trump, either him personally or his campaign, announced that Sidney Powell was not actually on the Trump legal team. I believe this was just a general clarification. While Donald Trump has tweeted out in the past that she was on the team, I think he was just kind of throwing it out there. Apparently, and this is definitive, she wasn't billing the Trump campaign, had no retainer, had no agreement, and was just a part of the team in a certain sense. Which means, in my opinion, in some capacity, they liked what she was doing. She was working with them. She was a loud and vocal individual. But once she started saying things that went beyond the scope of what they could prove in court, they easily, or I should say, they instantly started backing away and saying, no, 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 look, she's doing her own thing. Now, of course, there are people who swear by Sidney Powell because she is a tried and true, longstanding and accomplished lawyer. And that may be. And I'm saying nothing to impugn the honor of Sidney Powell. Perhaps she has this, this huge evidence. And she'll come out with some big story and prove it all in court. I look forward to seeing it. It's similar to what Tucker Carlson said. But man, I tell you, people are pissed. There are a lot of people who swear by her to the point where they're acting like it's all part of the plan that, you know, they're saying this because it empowers Sidney Powell by making sure that she's independent. It's going to make her stronger. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I've seen some Trump supporters who say that uh, probably what is the mo- makes the most sense. Sidney Powell is coming out and saying things about some large international corporations. And if she was acting as a representative of Donald Trump, they could go after the Trump campaign. As an independent, being clarified that she is working on her own, they're going to have to go after her. And maybe that was the point in some respect. I think it's a little, I think it's, you know, look, the truth is usually closer to the middle. Trump said in a tweet, great team, and he named her. But if she wasn't really on a retainer, wasn't getting paid, then I think it's fair to say, well, literally she wasn't, although Trump was certainly acting like it. Look, the left is going to try and score points on this. The, the mainstream media is going to say, aha, we got you. And I don't think it's really that big of a deal to be completely honest. But I do find it interesting that according to a source for, uh, that Breitbart interview, or uh, a source Breitbart has, they felt that she was saying things that went beyond the scope of what they had seen in terms of evidence. At a certain point, I got to ask y'all, Look, we can sit back and say, I'm looking forward to seeing what Sidney Powell has to say. If she's got evidence, I want, I'll, I, she says she's going to file it in court. It's going to be epic. Bring it on. I would love to see it. And uh, standing ready to <laughs> see what you got. But, you know, there are a lot of people on the left that are clearly saying she's nuts. She's a conspiracy theorist and all of these things. And there are many people on the right, staunch Trump supporters saying, just you wait, you'll see. Why, why is that, why so mad? Let the left flounder and, and flop around. A lot of people responded to my tweet saying, meh, I'll see what she's got. We'll see how things play out. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. There we go. We'll see how things play out. So let's, let's, let's read the story and see what's going on. And I want to make sure I make something clear. For one, Sidney Powell is saying she will be filing this week and it will be epic. I am using Breitbart and the Daily Wire, sources I don't usually use because these are right biased sources. And it's crazy to me that Breitbart can come out. I tweeted a Breitbart quote where they said that the Trump campaign was basically like, we don't, we haven't seen this evidence she's talking about. It's beyond the scope of what we can prove. People got mad about it. Look, if you don't trust Breitbart on this issue, like, do you think Breitbart is like trying to subvert Trump? Because I got to be honest, I really don't think so. And the Daily Wire, okay, maybe the Daily Wire, but I really, really don't think so. These people are pretty, you know, pretty uh, in it for Trump. But we have this story I want to show you. 
from Just the News, a dozen compelling allegations of voting irregularities in the 2020 election. Let me make one thing absolutely clear to all of the, you know, diehard Trump supporters who are convinced Sidney Powell is going to come with the evidence and they are going to drop this crack in and it's going to be a cracking on steroids. When you come out and you go on Twitter, when you go on forums and you start saying stuff like release the Kraken and, you know, Chinese Communist Party, regular people who are perusing the news will look at you and just think, I have no idea what this is. And they will ignore you. The best thing we can do to to work through this trying time and make sure we don't fall apart as a nation is to say, we're going to wait for the evidence to come out. We are going to approach this. And we're going to we're going to target the things we can definitively state. A lot of people are saying, Tim, there's overwhelming evidence of widespread fraud and all that. And they're showing me these charts and charts and these algorithms, and these mathematical anomalies. And I'm like, dude, I've read a, I've read a bunch of this stuff. I've seen the, the flow charts for counting votes and all that stuff. And I tell you this, regular people are going to look at that and say, I don't know what you're talking about. That is not a legal path to victory for Trump. And it's the most annoying thing, because, look, I voted for the guy. I want to see him win. But if you really want him to win and you're coming out with these flowchart algorithms and these like Excel spreadsheets, that won't win in court. And it won't win in terms of generating public support either. Y'all need to calm down, let them present their evidence. And we need to. This is this is probably why the Trump campaign is distancing and saying she's not on the team. Issuing that statement because regular people, you know, the, the Trump campaign needs support, needs donations, and they need a regular guy who's, you know, he's like, he voted for Trump, he's confused about what's going on, and then he hears all this crazy Chinese Communist Party stuff, and he's like, I, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what this is. You come out and say, there's a lot of evidence of strange irregularities we need to investigate, help us with our legal effort. People are going to be like, go for it, go for it. Here's a story from Breitbart. They say, President Donald Trump's legal team distanced themselves from attorney Sidney Powell on Sunday evening, noting that she did not represent the president either as part of the team or in his personal capacity. In a statement attributed to the Trump attorney to Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani and Trump legal advisor Jenna Ellis, the team said Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. A source who spoke to Breitbart News on background suggested that the team had hoped to work with her but that Powell's public claims had gone beyond the scope of the evidence they had seen and believed they could prove in court. Let me just reiterate, when she was saying that the Georgia's, you know, Governor Kemp was taking money from China and was, you know, working with Democrats to subvert, you know, Trump's win and stuff like that, that probably turned off a lot of moderate Trump supporters. You might know things, but you have to recognize when you are in an esoteric bubble. So there's a lot of people who are just adamant. They've seen the evidence. They know it's true. And you think regular people are going to are going to walk over that bridge and understand anything you're talking about. So when Sidney Powell comes out and says Dominion voting machines that were that were programmed in Venezuela, where they were used by Hugo Chavez, and we've got the evidence and Democrats are doing this and all of this stuff. Well, you're going to lose a lot of people, especially left leaning, you know, like liberal individuals who actually switched for Trump. They're going to be like, I I don't know about all this. You're going to lose support. Trump knows it. It's a it's right now that we're in a propaganda information war. And I got to say, I think a lot of these people who are trying to push the hardest conspiracies possible are actually trying to hurt Trump the most. And I, I not, obviously not everybody there's staunch Trump supporters who obviously believe this stuff. But just think about how they discredit actual conspiracies. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 
I, if, but some, but conspiracies do exist. And the one way you discredit it is by throwing out bait to trick, manipulate, and confuse people, throw them off your scent. And then you get them sounding like a raving lunatic. Think about any movie you've ever seen where there's been someone screaming like, you've got to stop them. The monster is coming. Oh, no, I know. it!" And they're like, this dude's nuts. Instead of just saying something reasonable, like I'm, I'm reminded of like any one of these monster movies where they're like, the giant purple dragon killed my friend. And they're like, OK, crazy guy. Instead of just being like, there's a murderer. And then the cops would run out and see the monster or whatever. The point is, when you when you when you yell about the craziest theories and I don't mean crazy in terms of like people out of their minds. I mean, like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Regular people don't know enough to get involved in this. They say Paulus pursued a theory that Dominion voting machines operating with Smartmatic software were manipul- manipulable, manipulable, and had manipulatable, manipulable, and had been responsible for switching votes to, from Trump to Democratic challenger Joe Biden. She also alleged that Dominion had worked with foreign governments, including Venezuela, and produced an affidavit purporting to show that allegation. Now, I will say there's a really funny article on CNN where they're like, it's not true. Ignore this. While they did use this machines and software in Venezuela with. okay, all right, we get it. CNN's trying to cover things up. or I shouldn't say cover things up, but trying to frame things to be like, no, no, no. I'll tell you this. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying Maduro or any of that stuff. I'm just saying, let's slow down. Sidney Powell's going to present her evidence. And Trump probably did this because he is trying to uh, he's trying to go for the center. He wants regular people to hear what he has to say, and he wants them to believe it. They say she had not she had yet uh, she had not yet provided evidence that votes had actually been changed, however, and has faced increasing public criticism. Powell, an outspoken conservative, gained wide acclaim for her representation of former National Security Advisor Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who withdrew his guilty plea after being prosecuted for lying to the FBI. Flynn's previous lawyers had negotiated a plea agreement, but after new evidence emerged of conflicts of interest at the Department of Justice, he asked Powell to take up his defense. The DOJ is trying to drop the prosecution, but the judge in the case has not agreed. And that is, well, that's nuts, the Michael Flynn stuff. That is creepy, creepy stuff. Look, I'll, I'll, I think we're facing an existential crisis as a nation. The fact that M- Michael Flynn was prosecuted the way he was is nuts. And the fact that the judge is saying no, essentially acting as a prosecutor is crazy. The DOJ is like, we're dropping it. We don't want to do this. They're waiting out the clock. They want Joe Biden to get in so they can throw the book in Flynn's face. This is th- these are these are crazy times. People, you got to understand right now we are in a I'll call this a hot political civil war. Uh, Mother Jones, leftist publication, called it a political civil war. The fact that they're trying to lock up Michael Flynn, this is about power. It's not about necessarily politics. We have two factions trying to use the system for all it's worth. So listen, I want to see Donald Trump win. I look forward to seeing what uh, uh, Sidney Powell has to say. The Daily Wire says it will be epic. Sidney Powell releases another statement after lawyers say she's not on the team. She said, I agree with the campaign statement that I am not part of the campaign's legal team. I never signed a retainer agreement or sent the president or the campaign a bill for my expenses or fees. My intent has always been to expose all the fraud I could find and let the chips fall where they may, whether it be upon Republicans or Democrats. The evidence I'm compiling is overwhelming that this software tool was used to shift millions of votes from President Trump and other Republican candidates to Biden and other Democratic candidates. We are proceeding to prepare our lawsuit and plan to file it this week. It will be epic. We will not allow this great republic to be stolen by communists from without and within uh, or our votes altered or manipulated by foreign actors in Hong Kong, Iran, Venezuela, Serbia, for example. 
We have neither regard for human life. We have neither regard for, for human life nor the people who are the engine of this exceptional country. We, the people, elected Donald Trump and other Republican candidates to restore the vision of America as a place of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. President Trump had previously stated that Powell was on his legal team. So here's the actual tweet from Trump. He said, I look forward to Mayor Giuliani spearheading the legal effort to defend our right to free and fair elections. Rudy Giuliani, Joseph DiGenova, Victoria Tonsing, Sidney Powell, and Jenna Ellis, a truly great team added to our other wonderful lawyers and representatives. Come on. He said, added to our other wonderful lawyers, added to great team. Like I would say in all legality, seems like she was not actually on Trump's team. She wasn't. Uh, she says she didn't sign a retainer, didn't bill him for anything. And uh, OK, seems like she was acting more in like a PR capacity. Trump did say it, however. So I'll tell you what's going to happen on the right. I'm already getting people saying she was never on his team, though. Well, Trump said she was. And the left is saying, see, that proves that she was. Well, I think it's fair to point out it was probably only like a technicality. Trump probably was just like, Giuliani, you do the thing and then tweeting because I got to be honest, Trump probably saw Sidney Powell on TV and just made that assumption. A lot of people think Trump is playing, you know, 5D, 6D, 7D chess or whatever. I think Trump is, is, is playing chess. And I think the Democrats and the media have been playing checkers this whole time. It doesn't mean that Trump is guaranteed victory. It means that he does have strategy behind him. Now, when he tweeted this, you can even see Jack Posobiec saying, your supporters are being attacked in the streets of our nation's capital. Trump was tweeting this at a time when people were being attacked. This was the Million MAGA March. Listen, I don't know what Sidney Powell has, but I have heard a lot of what she's saying about Dominion and these other countries. And I'll tell you this. I have seen a lot of this stuff on conspiracy theory forums. And as soon as I say that, I got all these people getting angry about it. Yeah, well, you know what, man? I want evidence. I've always wanted evidence. And that's why I think Russiagate was trash, garbage. And that's why I think Ukraine Gate was trash and garbage. They have lied endlessly for years about Donald Trump. Trump is nowhere near that bad. In fact, in, term, in, in many areas, he's actually pretty good. Economy was great. Foreign policy was improving and improving greatly. These peace agreements are, are, are fantastic. And so I think the media is, is complete garbage, 100%. But if you think I'm going to sit here and just entertain claims with no evidence, well, then you would be sadly mistaken. But I entertained Russiagate insofar as I said, let's see how the investigation plays out. And I absolutely want to see a deep dive, hardcore, full audit into the claims made by Sidney Powell. You got to understand there's a difference between hard proof, evidence, circumstantial evidence, hard evidence. Um, let me break this down. Okay. Sidney Powell coming out and saying, look at these mathematical anomalies. That is circumstantial evidence. Those are indicators and probably not evidence enough to win in court, but perhaps probable cause for Donald Trump. He needs to prove something in court right now to give him the ability to freeze certification. Sidney Powell is not helping when they go to court. The left has already said they're going to take Sidney Powell's statements and use it against Trump which is probably why they made the statement. She's not working with the Trump campaign because now when they go to court, they're going to say, look, your honor, we issued a statement. She is not working with us. You might like Sydney. You might think she's got evidence. I am not here to impugn the honor of her. But Trump needs to go to a judge who's going to be probably not entrenched in this stuff and say, here is a constitutional violation. And that judge will be like, all right. 
if she was on the team saying things, Dominion, Venezuela, and all this stuff, which maybe it's true. Uh, let's see what she files at the end of the week. I mean, they claimed Russia for years. None of that was true. And maybe this is. I'm going to give Sidney Powell the benefit of the doubt and say I look forward to her filing. But what's going to happen is they are going to use every article, every smear and say, Your Honor, this is crackpot level crazy. And the judge is going to it's going to it's going to poison the well. Not to, again, impugn the honor of the judge. But Trump is playing it smart with this. Giuliani and Jenna Ellis are playing it smart with this. They are approaching the judges with they're opening the door. I'll put it this way. If you think you're going to get a regular person who's not initiating the stuff and you're, you're walking them to the edge of a cliff and saying there's the truth and then they're going to jump, they're not going to do it. But you can show them the door. They'll walk through and then they'll be like, hey, wait a minute, something isn't right. That's the, that's what a lot of people don't understand about like what, what they say is, you know, like red pilling or whatever. They think you're going to walk up to a, 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 a politically uninitiated person and just say that, the, you know, that China has been infiltrating the United States at every level. I mean, the State Department's been saying it. We've got all these university professors. They are Chinese operatives. We've proven it. They're being arrested. People are going to be like, what? What are you talking about? And that really happened. Like, that's all happened. It's all proven true. We've arrested these people. We know for a fact Mike Pompeo said it. But a regular person's probably going to think you're crazy. They're going to be like, well, I don't know about all that. That's where, where you, what? That sounds nuts. There's probably a lot of people that might be like, oh, I believe it. But think about walking into the door and saying, check out this news story. See what Mike Pompeo said, Secretary of State. And they'll go, whoa. Then you can say, now look at this news story about Harvard. They arrested a guy. Whoa, you got to walk people. You got to show them the door. That includes going to court, which means they got to get into court. They got to get to the Supreme Court. They got to say, here's our evidence. And then they got to introduce more and more. Now, if Sidney Powell is acting, and here's, here's the detriment for Sidney Powell in the long run. I don't think she has standing. And that, that's, that's it. You, standing is a legal term. I'm, I'm not a lawyer, so forgive me if I get this wrong, but does she have standing to actually file this lawsuit? Um, perhaps as an American citizen who votes, maybe. But many of the court cases filed on be- uh, that would have helped Trump. A lot of voters were filing suits saying, you know, against the DNC, the Democrats or the, or the states about these voting systems. They were thrown out for lack of standing. Uh, an easier way to understand it would be if somebody uh, if, if, you know, some journalist claims that I, Tim Pool, am some kind of uh, I'm actually a professor at a clown college. Clearly not true. A false statement of fact. You could not sue because you don't have standing. They'd say, you, you have no standing. You have nothing to do with this. If Tim Poole wants to sue for, def- sue for def- defamation, he can. And then, OK. The reason I'm showing the Justin News thing just very quickly is that there are many different instances. And I want to I go through these very quickly to make sure you realize whether or not you trust Sidney Powell or Trump's legal team. If we don't do something about these dozen plus instances, then how can we really trust our elections moving forward? City of Detroit workers swears she witnessed thousands of ballots being falsified. Nearly three quarters, and there's an affidavit, nearly three quarters of Detroit's precincts has mit, had mismatched voting totals. Here's the PDF. Unfolded pristine mail-in ballots flagged in Georgia. Sworn affidavits. Thousands of ballots went uncounted initially in Georgia, belatedly discovered during audit. Record-breaking. This is historical. That's crazy. We've never seen margins like this. Large number of Pennsylvania voters say their absentee votes weren't counted or someone else requested their mail-in ballot. Social worker charged in Texas with submitting voter registration applications for nursing home residents. Computers, computer issued in Oakland County, Michigan, blamed as a GOP incumbent belatedly declared winner after being first told he lost. Yeah, and they're like, oops, the ballots were wrong. 
Antrim County, Michigan, reversed election results after error found. Numerous Republican poll observers in multiple states say they were improperly ejected. Voter drive in Nevada targeting Native Americans offered gifts as voting incentives. L.A. prosecutors uncovered scheme in which thousands of fraudulent ballots were cast. These things all happened. Okay, the claim that there is widespread irregularity and the claim that this election was free and fair. We listen. Let me let me start over. There was widespread voter irregularity. And now we have the Voter Integrity Fund saying, actually, it looks like we found widespread voter fraud. Fake addresses are popping up. We need to keep the pressure on. We need to keep we need to make sure something happens with this. I'm worried it won't. But uh, as much as people don't want to hear it, Sidney Powell talking about all these voting systems and Dominion stuff is it's 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 jumping to the end. It's, it's jumping to the finish line before you've even started the race. If you want people to listen and you want them to hear you out, start with these stories. Otherwise, they're just going to think you're crazy. And the Trump campaign is playing it smart. So, you know what? I, I tell you this, like, it's crazy that I can be like, sounds like Sidney Powell can't, doesn't have the evidence. There's no crack or not. Or people get all mad. And I'm like, why do you think Trump's legal team made this statement? Was Trump wrong to do it? No, it's because he sees exactly what we're seeing. It's crazy that Tucker Carlson asked for evidence and everyone got, went, went nuts on him. To be fair, Sidney Powell says she did send him an affidavit. He claimed he didn't see anything. So, you know, the truth is always closer to the middle. I look forward to seeing what she has. But I also look forward to being, out, actu- being able to actually address all of these issues. If we jump to the finish line, regular people are going to fan you off and say, that's crazy. I refuse to listen to that. But if you go and say, hey, look at this sworn affidavit where someone says they were committing fraud, they're going to be like, a sworn affidavit? Yeah, from one of the people who worked there. Let me see that. You walk them there very slowly. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The D.C. Council has approved a bill that will allow minors, I believe as young as 11, to get vaccinated without parental consent. And I'm shocked by this. But as COVID hysteria sweeps across the nation, we are going to see more and more measures that undermine parental authority. And we're going to see more and more authoritarian restrictions. We also have now Qantas or Qantas, however you pronounce it, the airline. They said in an interview recently that if you would like to board their flights internationally, you have to have proof that you've been vaccinated. We've heard from Ticketmaster. Now, they they received a ton of backlash from this, that if you want to go to their events, if you want to get a ticket, they'll put your vaccination status on it. They've backtracked saying, no, no, that's up to the organizers. But yes, there will be for many events vaccination status. The most shocking thing out of all of these these bills is allowing kids to, to get vaccinated without their parental consent. But we've seen this building up for quite some time. For a long time, they've been talking about anti-vaxxers saying that, you know, parents who oppose vaccination, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're crazy and all this stuff. And I got to say, I think for the most part, I say for the most part, vaccines are great. They're wonderful. They've they've done away. We've done away with so many diseases and illnesses thanks to vaccination. So I'm all for it. I went to Egypt. I went to Venezuela. No, no, not when I went to Egypt. That, they made fun of me for this. When I was working for Vice, I went to Venezuela. I got a ton of vaccinations. I got they, they make you take uh, like hepatitis A. You get I think I got typhus or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember. Tuberculosis, yellow fever, some other things. It was crazy. I got like three or four shots in a single day. I'm fine. I seem to be doing all right. And it prevented me from getting sick. But there's a bigger concern with rushing through vaccinations doing, uh, you know, look, I'm, I'm not in favor of the government saying 
that without informed consent, without the parental approval, some kid can take a private pharmaceutical drug. Okay, the parents are the ones who are supposed to be raising these kids. But I'll tell you, this is all coming from the left for the longest time. I mean, for for quite some time, however long it's been, I don't know. Maybe maybe I wasn't active in politics enough, but it, it seems the left's goal is to do away with parental consent, perhaps replacing the parent parents or family with government or something. Black Lives Matter said that one of their stated goals is to disrupt the nuclear family. And now we are seeing across this country COVID lockdowns that are destroying the economy and destroying people's jobs. And I got to tell you, it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. It doesn't. It's just dominoes falling over. And we have to wake up to what our society is doing. You got these governors destroying the economy. You've got schools being shut down against the guidance of the CDC because people like Cuomo are spineless and terrified to take any responsibility. Dude, you can pass the buck on the CDC. Doesn't care. Nope, we're going to shut the schools down for seemingly no reason. And when the kids can't go to school, many parents can't go to work. Then you'll end up with parents who are destitute, begging the government for help. But you know what? Maybe that's what they really want. But it won't matter because they're going to tell parents, we don't care what you think. We are going to talk to the kids about what the kids want. Why, why would a kid know what is best for them? Our parents are supposed to be the ones helping develop children, but here we go. Now, this story is from November uh, 12th. It's old, but I have the latest update. This was approved. WUSA 9 says the DC council is inching closer to approving a bill that would allow children as young as 11 years old to get recommended vaccines without their parents' approval. There would be some requirements. But direction overall would come from a doctor. A final vote from the council is expected Tuesday. They voted. They passed it. I'll show you that in a second. They say when Ward 3 council member Mary Che introduced the Minor Consent for Vaccinations Amendment Act of 2019, it was a response to a measles outbreak that spread from coast to coast. At the time, many wondered if the district would become the next hotspot as vaccination rates trended downward in the city. I think it should be worrisome to people when children are not vaccinated for these diseases. It is. I, I, I am worried 100%. But what are we going to do? Force people to get vaccinated? Force people to take private drugs? These, these vaccines aren't made by the government. And you know what really happens? You know what I think this is? I, I hear, you know what, man? I, 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 conspiracies usually about money and power. You want to know why someone in government's going to be like, we should allow children to get vaccinated? Two big reasons. The first, obviously, these people really believe these kids need to be vaccinated. The measles outbreak was terrifying. Okay, getting kids with measles, kids get sick, permanent, you know, uh, disability of some sort. You you can be permanently affected or sometimes you die. So we want kids to be safe and we want herd immunity. We want that to work. So we need people to get these vaccines. That's the obvious one. The next less obvious, but still kind of obvious is when you mandate vaccines or you make it so a doctor can tell a kid they have to get a vaccine or they should. And the kid goes, I don't know, I guess they can sell more. And then the stock of the pharmaceutical company starts going up. It's that simple. And a lot of people got these crazy conspiracies about the covid vaccine. I'm like, dude, it's really simple. First of all, people want a vaccine. That's the obvious one. People legit don't want to get sick. But the next one is, you know, there's going to be some dude being like no bid contract. What did Operation Warp Speed do? Got like billions of dollars in guaranteed contracts to big pharmaceutical companies. They were jumping up around and dancing all excited, like guaranteed money from the government. You got to love it. Then people who know this is coming, they buy stock in these companies and skyrockets. You could have bought stock a long time ago. That's the name of the game. People getting rich off this stuff. And what are they doing? Sacrificing kids to do it. 
Because if you bring a parent in, the parent might say, no, I don't think my kid needs this. You bring the kid in, the kid's going to be like, I don't know. And they're going to be like, well, you got to get it. How many stories have we heard where a kid was told, you have to do this? You have to no, it Well, you have to have it. You have to have it. And the kid says, I guess, just bows down to the authority figure. Well, there it is. They say the bill would give kids as young as 11 years old the green light to get a vaccination without parental consent if a doctor recommends it. The doctor would also determine if the child meets a certain standard of informed consent before administering the vaccine. To prevent the parents from knowing, health, <laughs> seriously, health providers would be required to bill insurers directly and send vaccination records to the school. The gateway, again, is the physician who has to make this judgment that is, is that person 11, 12, 15, 18 capable of giving informed consent? And is it consistent with the physician's medical judgment? Asha Pinky Gillis has a five-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son. She tells WSA 9 the measure is concerning to her household. She does not believe her teenager is old enough or emotionally ready to make decisions without her help. I am 100% against the bill. I think it violates my fundamental right as a parent to manage the upbringing and the health and welfare of my child. If my child goes and gets a vaccination and, ha- and has, adverse, has an adverse reaction to the vaccination, I won't know what's going on because I've never been told my child has been inoculated. And if the kid has an adverse reaction, which can happen, then what? These kids are going to be at home freaking out, maybe pass out. And the mom's like, I have no idea. Then she's going to call a 911 and say, what's wrong with your kid? I have no idea. Complication rates for vaccines, they're low, man. They are. For the most part, I got no issue. None. But I'll tell you this. It went from these conspiracy theorists believing that, you know, vaccines were crazy and would paralyze you and all this crazy stuff. And then it turned into if you were concerned about a big pharmaceutical company's private product being mandated upon you, you were an anti-vaxxer. Well, I think vaccines are one of the greatest developments in in human history because we've wiped out diseases. And y'all take a look at some of these photos of, you know, polio, smallpox, these things. Yeah, I'm glad we've we've done away with a lot of these, these these viruses. At the same time, aren't we trying to maintain individual liberty? They aren't. And so that's why they're doing this. Young kids, what do they want to do? They want young kids to vote before they're emotionally prepared or ready to know what they're voting for. They want young kids to be able to get life-altering surgeries and life-altering treatments and vaccinations without being told by someone they love and trust and someone who is there to look out for them. I tell you, man, look, there are a lot of dumb parents out there. There's a lot of dumb people out there. And I think if the parent ultimately decides, you know, they don't want their kid to get this, well, that's on their parent. Here's what I am. Here, here's, here's what I think. We have, a, we have a fundamental problem in terms of how this is going to be uh, implemented moving forward because... Private companies are going to mandate it. And so you want to go to Walmart or whatever, they're going to be like, we only allow people who are negative or vaccinated, which means you got to get a test and you got to get the vaccine. And then you're going to walk up to these big box stores and they're going to have a thing you can scan with your QR code and then, the, you know, they'll let you in. I really do believe we will see that because China's been calling for it. We're already seeing this implemented in other countries and, and the left is cheering for it. Bow down to the big overlords. Give up. Just let the government dictate what's good for you. That's always worked out well, right? But I think it's going to happen. I do not believe in the United States, the government will issue some declaration mandating vaccines outright. However, they will pass a law saying schools, if you, if you, if you want your kid to go to school, kids got to get a vaccine. This is where it gets freaky, you know. As much as I like the idea of doing away with these illnesses, we go through a long process. And now my concern with like the COVID vaccine is it was rushed through. I know Trump is all saying like, I did this and I'm like, that's great. I've said what Cuomo has said, what Biden and many others have said. I'm going to wait a little bit. 
most Americans have said they're going to they're not going to get the vaccines right away. And to be honest, I don't know if I would either, because I don't know if I need to. I mean, I don't get flu vaccines either. And the survival rate is like ninety nine point nine eight percent. So here's here. Here it is right here. They say it was up to be passed. Here it is. It's passed. District of Columbia. They straight up. They, they straight up say it. I think I can. I think I can play the audio for you. Member Che votes yes. Mr. Chairman, there are 10 yeses and three noes. Uh, the bill is approved. Bill is approved. 10 yeses, three noes. And you can see right here, Minor Consent for Vaccinations Amendment Act of 2020. Committee on Health Chairperson Gray, there was a brief amendment early on, but ultimately it did end up passing. And this was uh, this this was revised 11-16-2020. And then we get this from the Los Angeles Times, November 16, 2020. Why all 50 states need to allow teens to get vaccinated without parental consent. Why y'all want to get my kids on inoculation without me knowing? What's the point of that? Seriously. I know the simple answer is I don't want to get sick. So that's on you. You better get vaccinated. But seriously, this is where things start getting freaky. Ticketmaster recently faced a massive backlash because they were saying you would need to have your vaccine status. Well, they've, they've, they've walked back, but it's still true. They said Ticketmaster, uh, Ticketmaster said it's exploring a, a number of safety features that events organizers may want to use, including checks on test and vaccine status. But entry requirements will be up to organizers. Yeah, great. And then organizers are going to say you vaccinated. <laughs> so, you know, look, we can see when uh, this, this tweet from Current Affair. Contis CEO confirms that proof of you've been vaccinated for COVID-19 will be compulsory for international air travel on board as aircraft. You're not going to hear from your, you know, major, uh, your, your president, your prime minister, your government, that it must be administered. You're not going to line up outside of a camp where they're administering shots. You're just not gonna be able to do anything. You're not gonna be able to go to big box stores. You're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to, uh, uh, I mean, they might even have checkpoints at certain states where they're like, look, no one's forcing you to get this, but we require all people because of the outbreak. And there you go. Now, of course, I think a lot of people would assume something much more nefarious. And I don't know if you guys have seen the show Utopia, but I just started watching Utopia. And I got, I got to tell you, talk about this. Why, what are you, what are you doing putting out this TV show? Okay. I'm a, I'm a spoiler alert. Okay. Just, just for, for those who haven't seen it, Utopia is a show from 2013 in the UK. It's been remade by Amazon. And it's about a social justice, wealthy tech mogul, you know, pharmaceutical guy who wants to create a world with no racism and no sexism and no inequality. So he stages a fake pandemic to rush through approval of a vaccine that actually just sterilizes people. And that's and that's and that's uh, on Amazon right now. And they have a big disclaimer. This is not about a real pandemic. And I'm like, come on, man. You already got people who are concerned about why why they're being forced to uh, take a vaccine or why these lockdowns are happening. And they're happening more and more. Now you're going to get this idea in their head that it's a secret government plot to sterilize them or something. That's that's it's a TV show, guys. It is. But I'll tell you this. Simple solution on the surface. I don't trust these people. I don't trust the government. And now, when you look at the lockdowns, it all starts to come into uh, into view. Check it out. Nevada Governor Sisolak issues three-week statewide pause as COVID cases surge. Oregon. The governor tells residents to call cops on people violating COVID restrictions. Crazy, huh? Who would have thought that would actually happen here? Because here's, here's what you get. They start locking everything down. Then all of that money from your small business, which is gone, now goes to Walmart, to Target, to these big box stores, and to Amazon. 
And then once all that's left is Walmart, Walmart puts on their front on their door, scan your QR code or you can't come in. This is not a conspiracy theory. I'm literally saying that it, Walmart is going to be like, we don't want. Yeah, to. that's right. I caught up with Yikes. Asha Pinkney Gillis. They're going to say uh, that they don't really want close. to be responsible for these, these outbreaks. Walmart's going to say, look, we have way too many people coming to our store. We don't want to be responsible for someone coming in with COVID. So we want to know that you're vaccine, vaccinated. It's not a conspiracy. It's just a product of the dominoes falling over. Okay, maybe it's a conspiracy. Maybe it's a standalone complex. Or maybe it's just that humans are tending toward this for a variety of reasons. It doesn't have to be a plot. It just has to be stupid, scared, panicky humans. Some government official says, people are complaining. I'm hearing in the media. We got to get kids vaccinated. Let's pass a bill that allows the kids just to do it. Then they do. Then you get some guy who's like, I don't care about what the CDC says or the, or the WHO. Just lock it down because I don't want to be responsible. So they lock it down. Then you see a collapse of all these small businesses. Then Walmart gets boosted up. Then Walmart says, look, we're one of the only stores still open. And I'll be damned if I'm responsible for a super spreader event. And so then they say, we want people to wear masks and be vaccinated. It started with anti-vaxxer. Then they started pass, they started this thing called anti-masker. And it's really funny. You see how they play, how, how these people are playing this game. Anti-masker, they say. Listen, I wear a mask. I got no problem. I think, look, there are people I know and trust who've, who've gone through COVID experiences and it's, it is scary. It's just not airborne Ebola. Okay. I have a friend whose grandmother got sick. She's fine now. And it's scary though. It is. So that's why I'm like, I wear a mask. I don't care. Even though, uh, I'm not sick. I'm not around anybody. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Masks just stop you from spitting. So hopefully it helps slow down the spread of other diseases as well. In the end, this might actually, this is what's funny about the show Utopia. Their plot, I guess, is to like get this vaccine out and sterilize everybody. But I'm like, actually wearing a mask could actually do away with a bunch of more common illnesses. And you can end up seeing much less of the common cold and we've seen less of the flu. I will say it's really funny that they're like, wear a mask to slow the spread. And then the flu goes away, but then COVID doesn't. So uh, I don't know. You, you figure out what that one means. But look, these lockdowns are, are getting crazy. And I tell you, I wonder, can the American people be conquered? I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly how this all will play out. I know that Americans have an independent spirit, as Dr. Fauci noted. And he said, it's time to do what you're told. I don't think that's going to fly because uh, we got this one. Protesters in Huntington Beach speak out in defiance of state's coronavirus curfew. You know, it's funny. I love this meme. They're like, as long as you get inside and shut your door by 959, you won't get COVID. That's the meme. Okay. Okay. What they're trying to say is they have the curfew because they don't want people going to bars because people go to bars and they spread COVID. But that's what's crazy about it. If you know, if you know that's where the, this, the spreader event is, then you're choosing to go there. What constitutional authority does these states, do these states have to issue this kind of stuff? I don't know, man, but I, I tell you, it, it all feels like there's this plan for the Great Reset that is taking advantage of COVID to try and force these things because ultimately it results in a destroyed economy. That's what it's about. I think the vaccine thing is just for money for the most part. I think COVID is scary. It, it is. It is scary. But uh, you can't live your life in fear. I've seen I, I know I know people who have uh, like people like I, I grew up with who've gotten it. And it, it's 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 a real and it's a, it's, a, it's a scary thing. So people naturally want the, the vaccine. But because of this panic, because of the media, it's going to make a ton of money for these big pharmaceuticals. So I guess buy uh, buy stock or whatever would would be the advice from the financial advisors, assuming they were giving advice. I am not. 
And people are going to get rich off this. They're going to get rich. But in the end, what I think we're actually seeing is, uh, again, it's, it's always the simple solution is that people are scared of the virus. And there's probably a lot of feckless politicians. But when you see them say outright they want a great reset, then you have to ask yourself why it is that Cuomo in New York is shutting down schools in defiance of CDC guidelines. Because when kids aren't at school, parents aren't at work. They, they got to find someone to watch the kid. They got to stay home, take time off. And then you see these big cities get their economies destroyed completely. Then they talk about a great reset. And you're like, I wonder why they're doing it when the CDC said not to. When the World Health Organization said lockdowns are a last resort. And although hospitalizations and deaths are going up, they're not tracking the same with cases. Lockdowns didn't work the first time. Why are they doing it? They want to destroy the economy, in my opinion. Now, as for the kids stuff, this is where I think, you know, the question of can America be conquered comes into play. What I mean by that is not some grand conspiracy. I mean, the American spirit. Will Americans just say, leave me alone and, and say, fine, you know, give my kid vaccines. I won't resist. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm not responsible for this. Or will they start partying in the streets and waving flags and saying no? In Huntington Beach, they did. And I wonder if they can do anything about it. I'm, I'm honestly am not entirely convinced they can. If people just decide not to do it, then that, there it is. You just don't do it. Now, it certainly seems like uh, they've banned a lot of conservatives on certain social media platforms because the propaganda is thick. And boy, do they really want this lockdown, which makes that show utopia all that much more crazy. Not that I think it's real, of course not. But it is funny when when there are similarities, when you have uh, the, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab saying we need a great reset of global capitalism. They're outright just saying it. And then here we go. Build back better, plastered on the walls of all these different world leaders, you know, campaigns. It's funny because a lot of this stuff was supposedly in the realm of conspiracy theory 10, 20 years ago. Everybody said Alex Jones was crazy for bringing it up. And while Alex Jones has said many a crazy thing, in my opinion, you know, this one seems to be happening. Call it a conspiracy, call it whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to imply there's a, a criminal conspiracy, but I can tell you the World Economic Forum is a real organization. Its founder and its members have absolutely stated their support for a great reset of global capitalism and called for intersectionality and leftist, you know, identitarianism. They're pursuing it. They're pushing it. And then we're seeing these politicians, mostly Democrats, enact policies that work towards the great reset. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. For the most part, the dominoes are falling over. That's it. But these people are certainly taking advantage of it because now's their opportunity. So I ask. Will Americans say F no, or are they going to roll over and say, please just leave me alone? I'm sorry. I got to say, I think the majority are going to roll over and say, please just leave me alone. There are a lot of independent spirits in this country. Many people believe in freedom and liberty, and uh, they'll probably stand up and we can see them in the streets, but I'm not sure it'll be enough. I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but I mean, look at how many people were too scared to say they would support Donald Trump. Probably the last person standing in the way of whatever all this is. People were too scared to say they supported him, so they would rather see their own country burn than just say they supported Donald Trump. I do think it's funny how the Trump supporters were mad at me because I'm not blindly marching behind all the fraud stuff, but I do think there was fraud. I, well, we will see how it plays out, but I voted for the guy. 
And I'm speaking up every day about how we need to defend our freedoms and our rights. We'll see how long I last on this YouTube platform saying things like this. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. It's a different channel from this one, okay? I know a lot of people are like, but it says TimCast here on YouTube. No, that's just the channel name that YouTube put there. For some reason, I didn't put it there. This channel is youtube.com slash News. If you type in youtube.com slash TimCast, it'll actually bring you to a different channel from this one where I put up content every day at 4 p.m. And that'll be live. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. We got some breaking news and it is bad news for the Trump campaign. They've lost at the state level and now in federal appeals court. The first story from CNBC, Trump campaign suffers new court loss in attempt to block Biden's win in Pennsylvania. I actually find this ruling to be kind of shocking. The judge basically said if someone didn't fill out their declaration form properly, that's no reason to throw their vote out. So if you don't fill out your vote properly, they're still going to count it. Far be it from me to question the knowledge and wisdom of the judges in Pennsylvania. But it is bad news for Trump. Let me tell you, man, a lot of people are saying that with every Trump loss, he gets closer and closer to the Supreme Court where they expect to win. And that may be because, well, Trump's got allies on the Supreme Court, I guess, and he's appointed some of these justices. Maybe it's all politics. Maybe Trump said, I'll appoint you, but you better get my back when it comes to election time. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe Trump is on track to lose. I'm seeing a lot of Trump supporters and the Trump campaign themselves saying thank you to this federal to this judge and this federal judge in Pennsylvania for, uh, you know, dismissing our case because it allows us to move much more quickly to the Supreme Court. Well, the Trump campaign filed an appeal to the Third Circuit, and that got dismissed very, very quickly for lack of standing. I'll show you the document. I'm sure the Trump campaign is going to say this is good news because it gets us to the Supreme Court. Maybe, maybe they want to lose to get to the Supreme Court so that the victory is national. We recently got a federal ruling in California that it was in the Ninth Circuit, which is the West Coast, basically, that limits to magazine size for guns was unconstitutional. Unfortunately for us, that was only the Ninth Circuit. It's not really affecting everybody else. We'll see if that makes it to SCOTUS or something like that. Or honestly, I'm not a lawyer, so maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe it's just wishful thinking on Trump's part that they're going to appeal, appeal, get to the Supreme Court, get a ruling, and then maybe negate mail-in votes or something, or maybe somehow win. Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they will. But I hear this a lot from these Trump supporters. And look, man, if Trump got the win initially at the state level or at the initial federal level in the trial courts, then... I'm sure he'd be happy because the state would flip and he'd win for them to be like, no, it's good. We lost. We're going to SCOTUS. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess. But wouldn't you rather win? Look, it really just seems like Trump is losing these court battles and it's getting and his chances of winning are getting slimmer and slimmer. If you want to come to my channel and get, uh, you know, smoke blown up yet, if you know what I mean, then uh, it's not going to happen. Now, maybe there's some deeper strategy Trump is playing at fine, but I think too many people are starting to fall into this trust the plan mentality. People are coming at me getting getting angry because I, I asked for evidence. I don't care. And it's funny because the left still calls me a grifter. Now, Trump supporters are calling me a grifter. Don't care. If it's not true, it's not true. What do you want me to do about it? I can't manufacture evidence or news stories or court case victories for Trump. CNBC is not lying when they say the Trump campaign has lost and the, the, the AG of Pennsylvania, who is absolutely anti-Trump, is not lying when he says the Third Circuit, a federal court, has dismissed Giuliani's claim. 
The guy might not like Trump, but he's not making up documents and publishing them. That would be crazy. And it's a federal court that did this. Maybe these judges, they're Obama appointees. They hate Trump. They oppose Trump. Maybe that's the case. And that's why Trump knows that once once he gets to SCOTUS, they're going to give him that victory. Or maybe that's just Trump's wishful thinking as well. At the state level, here's the story. They say the Pennsylvania Supreme Court on Monday dealt the Trump campaign yet another legal loss, ruling that mail-in ballots cast in the state's presidential election can't be ca- uh, can be counted even if a voter failed to completely fill out the envelope. The ruling comes on the heels of a federal judge's decision in the state that dismissed the campaign's request to block certifica- certification of votes, expected to confirm a victory there for president-elect Joe Biden. I love how they're saying they haven't confirmed the victory, but they're still calling him president-elect Joe Biden. They say President Trump's campaign has consistently lost or withdrawn court cases that have sought to reverse votes for Biden. Quote, I agree with the conclusion that no mail-in or absentee ballot should be set aside solely because the voter failed to handprint his or her name and or address on the declaration form on the on the ballot mailing envelope. Justice David Wecht said in a written opinion this is breaking news. We'll see how it plays out. But then we got this from CNBC. This is from this morning. Trump appeals big loss in Pennsylvania vote, a vote case that seeks to block Biden win. Now, the Trump campaign says they want to get to the Supreme Court, so I'm sure they'll be happy that the appeal was kicked back. They say the Trump campaign's appeal of its devastating loss in federal court in Pennsylvania misspells the word president and butchers grammar. The campaign, which is seeking to reverse a projected win for Biden, asks the federal Third Circuit Court of Appeals to consider a revised lawsuit. President Trump's legal team booted the lawyer, Sidney Powell, from their effort after she made bizarre claims alleging a conspiracy to rig the election for Biden. Wow. Whoa. Let me slow down there. Trump did claim before that Sidney Powell was on the team. But as it it turns out, it seems like she never actually signed anything with Trump, nor was getting paid or billing the Trump campaign. So in a situation where you can technically say she was or wasn't on the team, and of course the left or the media is going to claim she was, and she got kicked out, and the Trump supporters are going to say that she never was, and they're just clarifying. Fine, whatever. That's something the media should point out. Now, interestingly, seems like this is a, a defeat. Josh Shapiro says Pennsylvania election update 48 hours after a blistering opinion from a federal uh, judge denying their claims. Rudy appealed to the Third Circuit and lost again. Let me be clear. The will of the people will not be thwarted. I don't trust this guy. He's the guy. I believe it's him who tweeted out that when all the ballots are cast, Trump will lose. (laughs) Is that you? You knew that? Sure. Well, here's the document that has been published. They say, The foregoing appeal is summarily dismissed for lack of standing as there is no injury in fact. I'm not a lawyer. I can't tell you what injury in fact actually means, but I can tell you that they say it's summarily dismissed. And that's actually kind of, you know, dismissed on summary is is like they they kicked him out immediately. Like, nah, apparently it's dated November 20th because that's when it was filed. And this is Circuit Court Judge uh, Stefanos Bibas. We'll see what that what happens. I'm sure they're going to try and appeal to the Supreme Court. We'll see if the Supreme Court agrees. I have no reason to believe as of right now that Trump's lawsuits are going to work. I do, however, have reason to believe that there are other lawsuits and potentially enough questions being raised in key states that could jam certification. The fight is not over. All of these leftists, look, the ones that are are denying reality and saying Trump lost, it's over. These people are making a huge mistake. 
Some of them, however, may be just trying to demoralize Trump supporters. And okay, that I understand. Make convince them that there's no fight, and then there is no fight. The reality is Trump supporters aren't going to back down. They refuse to let go, and Donald Trump is going to try and win by any means necessary. Now, while I have been critical of some of the things Sidney Powell has said, some have responded that this is just a grift to try and fundraise off of Trump supporters. I don't think that's the case. Donald Trump put up $3 million for the recount in key, key uh, counties in Wisconsin. He's certainly spending the money. And I think the dude really does want to win. I don't think this is all some big theater performance. Trump is fighting as hard as he can. Some, tr- some big Trump supporters have said to me they don't think he's going to win. But they respect and they, they demand, actually, that he fight with every ounce of his being and refuse to let go. I'm no fan of what Democrats are doing. I don't want them to win. But look, I'm not talking about win in the electoral sense. It's one thing you got to understand. I'm talking about winning this war. I'm talking about the political conflict that is happening. It's not just about does Trump have the votes? It's not just about the lawsuits. It's about who's on whose side. It's about the the risks people are willing to take. It's about the dirty games and the nefarious tactics. It's a battle for power. And I'm not convinced Trump can win. He does have the fact that he is the president right now, and he can probably pull out any crazy last ditch, you know, uh, effort to try and declare some kind of victory. But Trump needs some kind of official document that asserts him as the victor. Maybe the Supreme Court has been lying in wait to give him just that. New Supreme Court assignments went out. Amy Coney Barrett's now overseeing Wisconsin. Judge uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh is overseeing Michigan. And Alito is overseeing Pennsylvania and Clarice Thomas, Georgia. Many people have said this is evidence that, you know, Trump is lining up his cards or whatever. Maybe. Or maybe we have nine justices and 13 districts, and that's how the chips fell. That's about it. I wouldn't be surprised, though, you know, if you look at uh, Bush v. Gore, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and uh, Chief Justice Roberts all aided George W. Bush in some capacity. Donald Trump then appointed John Roberts to uh, a federal court and then to Chief Justice. So uh, seems like there may have been some returned favors, if you know what I mean. Or it could just be birds of a feather flock together. Bush knew Roberts to be a good lawyer and said, eh, you know, I'm going to pick him. But I kind of think, you know, not a conflict of interest. I guess not. I guess not. So maybe Donald Trump had a meeting with Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and said, you're going to get a powerful position to shape this nation for generations to come. Relatively young justices. Are they going to get Trump's back? Could it be that Donald Trump wins with political favors? Yes. 100%. Those that think this is just a game of counting ballots, I'm sorry, are ignorant as to how this country really works. It's dirty politics all the way. And that means I wouldn't be surprised if Trump is playing dirty politics as well. I don't care. I'm not here to pretend like he's he's this noble warrior of, you know, holiness. Nah, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump went to them and said, well, you get my back and, you know, we'll see. I'm also not trying to impugn the honor as I often say, of Amy Coney Barrett or Brett Kavanaugh. I try to avoid such, but point out, maybe they're not going to do it and say, look, Trump, with respect, you lost the election. We'll see how that plays out. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Many people are questioning the statements made by Sidney Powell, famed attorney for Michael Flynn, was once said to be on the Trump legal team by Trump himself, but now Giuliani and Jenna Ellis are saying she's not. Many people have questioned her on the things she said, even me. While I certainly think that some of the things she said have been a bit out there, I want to take the time to say 
Not all of it is completely incorrect. But here's the problem with conspiracy theories. And maybe she has evidence. And I, with respect, will, you know, wait to see what she has. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. A lot of people connect dots where dots don't need to be connected. But I can tell you, Snopes and these fact-checking organizations love to play dirty games. That's what I call it, dirty games. Framing devices. I often talk about how fact-checking is used to manipulate the truth. Isn't it funny how that works? It'll be something like this. Donald Trump will eat a bowl of ice cream. And then, it, you know, people will be like, oh, wow, Donald Trump is eating ice cream. You'll then get a Snopes article. Did Donald Trump really eat a bowl of ice cream? With sprinkles? False. False. And then you scroll down and say, what's true? Donald Trump did eat a bowl of ice cream. There were no sprinkles. Well, who said he did? That's the name of the game. They can take a factual statement. Did Joe Biden win this election? According to the media. True. And then they'll say, what's true? The media did declare Joe Biden won. What's not true? Joe Biden did not win. You see how the game is played? Check this one out from Snopes. Is Dominion subsidiary chairman Peter Neffinger on Biden's transition team? There is more than one voting software company operating in the United States. It has been brought up by many people that there is the chairman of a voting technologies company who was just appointed by Joe Biden or brought onto his transition team in some capacity. And that's kind of uh, a lot of people might say, hmm, why? Why is that? You see what Snopes did here? Who said Dominion? It's Smartmatic. Smartmatic is the voting tech company. Then they'll say Smartmatic is not actually owned by Venezuelans. Well, we have a cable from WikiLeaks from 10 years ago that says something different. But who, who am I to judge, right? Here's the important play. Take a look at how Snopes does this. They say a member of U.S. President-elect Joe Biden's transition team, Peter Neffinger, served as chairman of Dominion Voting's subsidiary, Smartmatic. Mostly false. I was worried that Joe Biden was bringing on election machine experts to his transition team for some reason. What's true? Peter Neffinger, a U.S. Coast Guard admiral, former chief of the Transportation Security Administration and chairman of Smartmatic's board of directors, is a member of one of the agency's review team aiding Biden's transition to the White House. What's false? He's not the chairman of Dominion. Smartmatic is a competitor, not a subsidiary of Dominion. Oh, so the guy who's on Joe Biden's transition team, who is the chairman of a voting machine company that operated in, to be fair, as far as I can tell, just Los Angeles County. Don't worry, he's not on the chair of that other voting machine company. Now, it's a fair point, I guess, in a certain respect, because Dominion operated in like 30 plus states and Smartmatic operated, I think, in just Los Angeles County, according to what I've seen. But the, the, the issue is they call it false. And then we see this fact check. Smartmatic CEO is not on Biden's team. Smartmatic software is not on Dominion voting machines. Oh, perfect. The Smartmatic CEO is not on Biden's team. No, the chairman is. Oh, you see how they do this? It's really amazing. The smart, it, it, they should just put fact check. Smartmatic chairman is on Joe Biden's team. And then they can say Smartmatic software is not on Dominion voting machines. That's what they've said. I've seen uh, no direct evidence to say otherwise. I, I look, I, I did a fairly extensive sh- search. There's a lot of people who are saying, here's the real documents. Here's the real information. It's not necessarily hard proof. But here's what I can show you. First, we know what's true. 
that Peter Neffinger is on Joe Biden's team, and he is the chairman of Smartmatic's uh, USA board. He is on his agency review team under the Department of Homeland Security as a volunteer. They go on to say, but he's not the CEO. What? Verdict. False. Smartmatic software is not on Dominion voting machines, and the CEO is not on Biden's team. Okay, that's fair. The article was produced by the Reuters fact check team. Let me show you something from WikiLeaks going back to, I think this was released in 2010. No joke. 10 years ago. This is part of what was called Cablegate. Cablegate was when a bunch of diplomatic cables got released and it was confidential. Caracas's view of Smartmatic and its voting machines. They say the Venezuelan owned Smartmatic Corporation is a riddle is a riddle both in ownership and operation, complicated by the fact that its machines have overseen several landslide and contested victories by President Hugo Chavez and his supporters. The electronic voting company went from a small technology startup to a market player in just a few years, catapulted by its participation in the August 2004 recall referendum. Smartmatic has claimed to be of U.S. origin, but its true owners, probably elite Venezuelans of several political strains, remain hidden behind a web of holding companies in the Netherlands and Barbados. The Smartmatic machines used in Venezuela are widely suspected of, though never proven conclusively to be, susceptible to fraud. The company is thought to be backing out of Venezuelan electoral events, focusing now on other parts of the world, including the United States, via its subsidiary Sequoia and and summary. I'm bringing this up because a lot of people have mentioned this to me. And you know what? To make all of y'all angry who are following this stuff and believe all this stuff, I don't know what the origin of this cable leak is. Just because it was asserted in a diplomatic cable doesn't mean it's true. I think it shows evidence that going back, there was reason to believe that Smartmatic was playing dirty games. But as far as I can tell, as of right now, and just send me something if if you find something, uh, Smartmatic operated just in Los Angeles County. Now, that's reason for alarm for Los Angeles County 2020 elections. And uh, uh, the chairperson of the USA uh, board, the chairman of the USA board is on Joe Biden's team. These things, I think, are issues. And that in and of itself is, in my opinion, a conflict of interest. But did anybody think that Los Angeles was going to be turning red anyway? Do we really need some grand conspiracy to convince people that Los Angeles voted Democrat? No, I think we should keep looking into it. And I look forward to seeing the evidence that uh, will be presented by Sidney Powell. But for the time being, I'm not entirely convinced that any of this stuff is true outside of the fact that Smartmatic is, in my opinion, I wouldn't trust it at all. And we should bring up issues with L.A. County. Is it going to overturn the results and help Trump win? I really don't think so. And maybe that's why the Trump camp said she's doing her own thing. Look, I trust uh, uh, that the Trump campaign is going to do what's in their own best interest. If that's, be, you know, people are saying that Sidney Powell is now being cut loose to go, you know, on her own and, and, and act as a rogue agent or something. I don't think so, because the Trump campaign just lost a a lawsuit at the federal level in the Third Circuit due to standing, meaning you have to be the injured party to actually sue. So uh, I guess that's, you know, what's happening now. But I do want to show you something funny about Dominion. The Dominion spokesman said it is not physically possible for our machines to switch votes from one candidate to the other. That is one of the stupidest things I have ever heard. If physically possible, that's right. It's not physically possible. It is electronically possible. It is digitally possible, but not physically possible. You see the word games they use. It is not physically possible for our machines 
to switch votes from one candidate to the other. Okay. Is it possible the software and the machines could invert tabulations or change the numbers thus that it looks like Joe Biden has more votes and Trump? Can they subtract votes from Trump? Can they add votes to Biden? The answer is yes, of course they can. Otherwise, they wouldn't function properly as voting machines. That doesn't mean there was widespread fraud through Dominion, though. But let me just tell you, if you are going to allow voting machines like this in our elections, then you are welcoming fraud. I'm sorry. It's just a fact. We should do, in my opinion, hard paper ballots, hand counted with two observers, a Republican and a Democrat, or actually three, and a third party. We should probably have an independent auditor, a Democrat and a Republican, a Libertarian Party, maybe, and then the actual vote counter. Then who's going to complain? Then we'll have all these people staring at it. Now, they're using COVID as an excuse as to why people can't actually watch them count. And that's ridiculous because the vote counters are all standing next to each other. All right. But let me just say, I don't know, you know, how deep this goes, what, whether there's a grand conspiracy or nefarious plots. I will say it's strange the media is lying in this way and using these framing devices. No, no, it's not. There's no Dominion person on, on the transition team for Joe Biden. A spokesperson <clears throat> for Dominion. He's a, a, a smartmatic one. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. The Smartmatic CEO is not on Biden's team. <clears throat> He's just the uh, chairperson. Okay, dude. Joe Biden has the chair of a company once accused of working with the Venezuelans, owned by elite Venezuelans, on his transition to— uh, You know what? All right, I'm going to stop you right there. In this cable leaked by WikiLeaks, someone, at some point, in, an, in a document classified by Robert Downs, political counselor, they claimed that Smartmatic— was probably owned. The true owners were elite Venezuelans. Maybe they investigated this and found it to not be true. Fine. But at the very least, it doesn't look good for Joe Biden. And so I'm not surprised the media is twisting things left and right. Instead of just saying, fact check, the smart ma- ch- chair- chairman of the Smartmatic board is on Joe Biden's team, period. They always play these dirty games, don't they? Just give us the truth. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Democratic governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, was heckled by diners while eating out with his wife and children as he pleads with people to keep Thanksgiving dinners small. It's actually really funny. They called him a real dick and told one of his sons to go F yourself. And you know what? I'm not a fan, but I laughed. Because it was the Democrats who said, uh, Maxine Waters, if you see them, confront them. It was the Democrats who cheered for the rioting and the protests. I know they weren't literally saying, yay, riots, but they were referring to not so peaceful protests and riots as peaceful protests. And it was Kamala Harris who helped bail them out. Now you get these Democrats like Gavin Newsom who say, we got to lock down everybody and I'm going to go party. They go party and they get caught twice. Nancy Pelosi gets her hair did and when she's not supposed to. Lori Lightfoot, same thing. Well, Phil Murphy wants to go out and eat. And guess what? People are going to get in your face like Maxine Waters said they should. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has been accosted. Oh, accosted. Oh, heavens. While eating with his family at a restaurant by two women who told him you're such a dick. (laughs) The Democrat governor was filmed eating outside along with his wife and their four children when he was approached by two passerbys. You're having fun with your family. And in the meantime, you're having all other kind of BS going on. One could be heard saying while the other heckled. They also told one of his sons, go F yourself when he tried to stand up for his father. Governor Murphy and his wife said nothing to the two women. Murphy is pleading with residents to only see their immediate family and keep gatherings to 10 or less over Thanksgiving. 
Here we can see the photos of his family eating out. And this guy, <laughs> dude, the woman aimed a torrent of abuse at the family, including eldest son Joshua, who asked them to put masks on. They told him to go F yourself. I'm not a fan. I don't like it when you go up to people and you yell at them in a restaurant. You see them. You can maybe say something, walk away. Fine. It's public. You can speak. But I'm not a fan. I'm not. But I got to tell you, it is a bit cathartic to see Democrats kind of get the same treatment they asked for, you know, upon others. And to see these like Governor Murphy, who issued these exec- this executive order for mail-in voting no one asked for. On Monday morning, he appeared on Good Morning America to plead his case. There's a huge amount of personal responsibility here. Everybody has the has to do the right thing. We've got a vortex here, cold weather, people letting their hair down with fatigue and holiday after holiday. We're pleading with people, please, God, do the right thing. One police chief said he would not enforce the rules. Good for him. Andrew Kudrick of Howell Township said he will be instructing his officers not to respond to call outs unless an egregious breach has occurred, calling the rules draconian. He told Fox News, I'm not going to have my police officers going knocking on doors and ruining somebody's holiday just to check how many people are inside their house. It's not happening. Let me tell you about New Jersey. You got these people saying defend the police. You got the left saying defund the police. And my thing's kind of like defend the police, but seriously reform them, especially in places like New Jersey. Let me tell you a story. New Jersey is a terrible state for gun rights. I know because I live there. And uh, we're in the process of relocating, I guess, you know, just because we're in this tumultuous period. I haven't been there. I was there just like a week or two ago. But uh, here's how it works. Here's the stories I'm told about New Jersey. New Jersey, really close to Philadelphia, to Pennsylvania. And if you were in Philadelphia, you can get you can get to Atlantic City in like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Not that long of a drive to go gambling, you know, go to, uh, you know, Atlantic City. You could play. You play. They got a bunch of casinos there. I heard a story about a lady. She lived in Pennsylvania, legal to own concealed weapons, and she didn't check her laws. I mean, it is partly it's her responsibility. And she drives into New Jersey. She gets pulled over. And then she told the officer, just so you know, I have my concealed weapon on me. He said, oh, wonderful. Step out of the vehicle and then arrested her. And then she got charged with a felony. And she was so shocked and surprised because the cops don't care about what's right. They just say, well, I got to follow the law. There is clearly what's right and there is clearly what's wrong. And what the cop should have done, it should have said, ma'am, turn your vehicle around right now. You're not supposed to bring a concealed weapon to the States against the law. You're getting a warning. Go home. That probably would have been the appropriate thing to do, because I really doubt you know, this, this woman is going to be some kind of mass murderer or whatever. She informed the cop, legal, you know, gun owner. But these cops just say, I don't know. My boss told me I got to arrest you. We saw this in, uh, uh, I think, what time was it? Was it Belmar in uh, New Jersey where the gym owners were like, we're going to follow all the guidelines and all the rules and we're going to open. And the cops came and actually arrested people. Are you kidding? That's a violation of the First Amendment. You can't do that. You're supposed to be upholding the Constitution, but these cops don't care whether it's the First or Second Amendments. So, yeah, I'm totally for police reform. I'm not going to blindly just say, you know, hooray, but good on this cop. I won't enforce draconian lockdown. Glad to hear it. Murphy addressed the video of the restaurant at a press conference on Monday afternoon, confirming that it took place on Saturday night in Red Bank. Asked what led up to the, to, uh, to the situation, Murphy said nothing at all happened beforehand. In the footage, the woman holding the phone can be seen approaching Murphy, who was sitting outside along with his family. Hey, how you doing? The woman asks him. While another female voice in the background can be heard telling him, you're such a dick. One of Murphy's children can be heard asking the pair whether they're drunk, which they deny, before asking them to put masks on. 
You can go F yourself. How's that? One of the one of the women says, I don't need an effing mask. You know why I don't need a mask? Because there ain't nothing effing wrong with me. I like your Trump phone case. Murphy's son shoots back. You know who he likes? He likes my dad. After a short back and forth, women decide to leave, but not without aiming one last expletive in Murphy's direction. Get the F out of here, she says. Murphy said the women left him alone after their friend pulled him away. I would just like to say a couple things. Number one, I'm a big boy. I have thick skin. That doesn't impact me at all. And I think I can say the same for my wife. I would say this, though. Our kids are not part of that. And so that's one observation the governor explained to his presser. He went on to point out how everyone in the state and the nation is facing overwhelming stress because of the pandemic, including himself. That's right. He's a pathetic, spineless failure of a politician who should not be leading anybody because he's ignoring the actual science, terrified that someone will say a mean word to him. Dude, being a leader means people going to hate you. A lot of them grow up and deal with it and then take care of your state properly. But this dude's not that smart. He says, I don't condone out of bounds behavior, but let's leave my family out of it and let's keep each other in our prayers because this is an extraordinarily stressful period we're in. You know what? He's right, though. Keep people's families out of it, man. It's not it's not it's not his kids or his family's fault. The dude's going to go out to dinner. Fine. I get it. I think he's a moron. I think he's terrible at what he does. I think he's despotic. He does not have the power he thinks he does. And I believe he should be sued to oblivion for a lot of the executive orders he's passed and the terrible leadership. But that's the problem with single party control in a state like New Jersey. It's never going to go red. And you're going to constantly get people like him who don't care about you. He doesn't care about you. He does not care about you. These people don't. And it's been that way for a long time. And that was a quote from George Carlin. No, this guy just wants the keys to the castle. And then when it comes to hard decisions, he's going to say, I choose to destroy the economy of this state because I don't want to be held responsible. Then don't run for the job. If you can't be responsible for what comes with being a leader, then don't do it. Now he's going to say, it's not my fault. It's the pandemic. We had to lock everything down. Everyone else did. That is the, the failure of leadership. Instead of saying we must find the right balance, we must protect the vulnerable, and we must protect the livelihoods of all of our citizens. He says, lock them all up. I don't care. Because this dude, like all these other Democrats, don't want to accept responsibility. They're, 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 it's pathetic. It's spineless. They say, New Jersey is currently in the midst of a wave of coronavirus infections that has seen the seven-day average soar to its highest rate of the pandemic. Oh, that's strange. The state's been locked down and everyone's been wearing masks. It must not have worked, you moron. Oh, just do more, I guess. If it's not working, why do you keep doing it? They go on to explain hospitalizations are up. They give us the numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murphy last week announced a curfew for the whole state, forcing bars and restaurants to close at 10 p.m. while seating in bars banned. Meanwhile, Newark was placed under a total lockdown due to start November 25th that will see people banned from leaving their homes. Man, this is why I am currently out in the middle of nowhere. So my uh, I was just up in Jersey and, uh, you know, I'm back here now and I'm probably going to, you know, bunker down here for the time being. We'll see how things play out. I might have to go and just change my residence, you know, to this permanently, I guess. But they've they've gone nuts. They've gone nuts. You can't leave. You're in Newark. You can't leave your home. You can't leave your home. That's absolutely crazy. Except for emergencies. Define an emergency. Can I walk my dog? Can I exercise? Locking down just like we saw in these other countries. 
And it's probably going to get worse. I hope you're all paying attention to how bad it's going to get. You cannot leave your home in the United States. That is unconstitutional. And any cop who enforces that should be arrested for false imprisonment or kidnapping and should be fired for violating the Constitution, violating constitutional rights. I think we're going to see this get worse, especially if Biden ends up winning. So if you are a uh, regular American and maybe you didn't vote for Trump, maybe you don't care. I wonder if you regret it now because they're going to lock you in your house. Not everywhere. I think the people who live in the middle of nowhere are going to be okay for the most part because ain't nobody coming out here to enforce anything. I live in the mountains. You know, I mean, kind of. It's elevated. I'll put it that way. I can see mountains. And I really doubt that anybody's going to come up my driveway for and because and, I don't live near anybody, you know. But in a lot of these cities, they're going to lock you in your house. So I hope you've been paying attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all next time.